the greatest things that has brought joy to my life has not been being a husband or father, although they're wonderful things and they bring joy to my life. It's not even been ministry. Ministry can be hard. There's a lot of joy in it. There's a lot of heartache, sadness in it. Amen. I can tell you this. The greatest joy in my life is to be able to say I'm his. And he's mine. No matter what I face in this life, no matter what you face in this life, to be able to say that we are children of God is a great peace. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke, excuse me, John, book of John. While you're turning there, John chapter 8, as they were singing earlier about the goodness of God, how great a God we serve and how mighty of a God we serve. My mind just began to reflect upon how, how many got to see fireworks yesterday? How many watched them on TV if you didn't get to see them in person? How many didn't care whether you watched them or not? Well, glory to God. <laughs> yesterday afternoon, I was able to watch uh, our president give a speech at the White House and talking about our independence, talking about how blessed we are as a nation. He gave a speech, it was a wonderful speech, how important it is for us to maintain our freedom here in America. When the speech was over, you know, I was refreshed by what I'd heard, and I know many were, but they weren't through there. They, they gave a presentation of all the fighter planes since back in 1944 and on the, the wars that we've used fighter planes, and they told of the different kinds of them. Some of you military folks know what I'm talking about. But they went through everything. And I mean, it was just a beautiful sight. Beautiful sight. And in my mind, I was thinking how, you know, they were so powerful in the way that we used them and the battles that we won and all the things that happened. It was a wonderful thing. And uh, I was just thinking about that. How, you know, dropping a bomb is critical as it may have been and as costly as it may have been and truly it destroyed lives but the effects of that bomb because of that bomber because of that plane was necessary in order for us to win a battle that could keep us free it's a very hard thing to think about because war is not a pretty thing but I thought about all that. I'm not lost. I'm, I'm just, I feel like I need to share this. I thought about 
all the battles that were ever won, all the lives that were ever lost, fighting for our country, fighting for our country. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You can't have liberty and justice without God. It's just impossible. But I thought about all that that took place, all the ugliness of wars and battles and deaths. And all of a sudden my mind went back to the cross. And the word said as Christ hung there on the cross that he looked up to heaven and he said it is finished. And when he lowered his head he gave up the ghost. The earth became black and it began to shake Can you imagine we talk about that? But think about that for a moment. The earth began to quake and the veil was torn in two. In one moment, A battle can be won in this earthly realm. Our nation can win battle after battle. Other nations can fight and win and lose battles throughout all generations. But in one instant, the battle for the most important freedom that you'll ever know was won on Calvary's tree. I thought last night as I prayed, I said, dear God, would we begin to see revival if men longed for the freedom that came from the cross more than they longed for the world's agenda. Amen. Oh, God, give me freedom in my soul today. There are so many today that are lost and undone without God. God, Help them to understand the greatest freedom was won on Calvary's tree over 2,000 years ago. And in John chapter 8, verse 1 through 12, a great, important, a great story touches my heart in so many great ways. In John chapter 8, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives and in the morning he came again to the temple and all the people came to him And he sat down and he told them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman called in adultery. When they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was called in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that she should be stoned. What do you say? This thing they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear And so they continued asking him. And he raised himself up and he said to them, this is 
uh, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And when Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst, then Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, and he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has anyone condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And when Jesus spoke to them again, he said, I'm the light of the world. Hallelujah. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I want to preach for a few moments on this thought this morning. Very simple thought. The Son has made me free. Thank God today the Son has made me free. I'm blessed to live in a land of where we've enjoyed the blessings of freedom for so long in my life. But I'm telling you today there is no greater joy I have than to know that I've been set free from sin's dark grip and that Christ himself has looked upon my life in grace and in love. Hadn't we ought to do the same as a people of God? Father, I ask you to hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, that you would help me to be that vessel. But speak to the hearts of your people today. That you'll be glorified. God, that something will be said or done here in this portion of the service that would quicken the very soul that would challenge the minds and the hearts and that would result in transformation through salvation, restoration, healing, or whatever the need may be. We'll give you the glory for it all. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. There are many today that cannot say that they've been set free by the Son of God. As I begin to meditate on the scripture throughout the week and seek the Lord, my mind went back to a song that we used to sing many, many times and quite often in the church where I came up. It said, I'm dwelling now in Canaan. Jesus' blood avails for me. I'm living now in Canaan, for the Son has made me free. I just began to think about that over and over and over again and in a picture of my mind I seen the choir and the people there in the congregation would sing that song, the verses of that song over and over again and the excitement would begin to intensify. Before you knew it, it seemed like as we would begin to declare it this way that the Spirit of God just simply took over and something begin to happen in the spirit realm as we begin to worship God. I want to tell somebody today that God sets people free through the spirit realm. It's a spiritual thing. It's not something that happens because you come to church. 
It's not something that happens just because you pick up your Bible. It's not something that happens because you're born into a Christian home. It's something that happens in the very soul of who you are when you begin to embrace the truth of who he is. You begin to say, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a savior, amen. I'm broken and I'm in need of being fixed. A person cannot be saved until they come to a knowledge of their, their need for salvation today. And it's through conviction, it's, it's through uh, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and through the word of God that brings that conviction into a heart and into a life. And so I began to think about my own salvation. When I stepped out that day and I gave my life to God, I realized that the precipice upon that was I realized I needed to be saved. I needed to be set free. I needed to God to move in my life in such a way that I was born again. I didn't want to just go through a ritual or, or go, go through some kind of uh, religious uh, 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 protocol, so to speak. I needed something to happen not on the outside. I needed something to happen on the inside of me because what was happening on the outside of me I had no control over because I was bound on the inside. And so I needed to be set free on the inside. And there was only one that could do it. It wasn't the doctor down the street. It wasn't, my goodness, I wish somebody would shout amen. It wasn't the things of this world, amen, that could guide me into how to live on the outside of moral life. There was something deep down on the inside of me that I could not control. It was a sin, amen, to God that had come into my life that was ruling over me and I needed to be set free. I want to ask somebody this morning, are you tired of the enemy? He meant to God working on your life and giving you something you ain't got no control over, then give it to the master. He's able to set you free today. Well, preach, I've been going to church all my life. Let me ask you again. Do you know that you know that you know that you know that you've been to the cross, that you've been set free on the inside? Is there a change in your life? I come to tell somebody, it's not what it is, what's happening on the outside. It's what's happening on the inside today. I'm telling you, we need to be set free. Give him glory. I knew I needed something to take place in transformation on the inside of me because I could not control what was happening on the inside of me. When I came to know him, I realized there was brokenness. There are many today I've met in my journey. I'm telling you, it's like night and day. Amen. They didn't just come down to an altar one Sunday morning. Their body may have been in an altar, but their soul was at the foot of Jesus. Amen. I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to keep from getting out there and spitting on you, but I'm feeling something. Oh, their 
bodies may have been kneeling by their bedside, but their soul was kneeling at the feet of Jesus because they needed something that only Jesus could give them. They needed freedom. There are many people today that are fighting for it in so many ways. They're trying to be free on the outside. But can I go ahead and submit to you that until you become free on the inside, you'll never be free on the outside until you become free on the inside you'll never be free to worship him outwardly until you become free can somebody understand that when they passed by Peter and John and the man was lame that day he was begging for alms but when God touched him and set him free he was loosed I believe not only on the outside but he was loosed on the inside when he got loose on the inside he went to leaping in the temple to tell somebody what the Lord had done for them. Why? Because it was more important what had happened on the inside of me than what's happened on the outside of me. Can somebody here today understand that you need to be set free from the inside? That's why things continue. The struggle continues. Preacher, you're judging. I'm preaching the truth. The struggle continues over and over and over again. Instead of getting free, we try to cover it up. Instead of dealing with it, we try to cover it up. And what we'll do to try to cover it up is we'll try to expose somebody else so we don't look so bad. That's what happened in the scripture. Because until we get free on the inside, until we see our need to get free on the inside, we're going to continue playing church. Preacher, you're too hard on us. Y'all can fire me later. I'm going to preach now. Until we learn to deal with what's happening on the inside, we continue to cover it up. We continue to play church. We continue to point out everybody else's flaws. We continue to try to find fault in everybody that comes through the doors of the church. You talk about, preacher, you're going hard on us. This is happening everywhere. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, some folk can't walk in the church without judgment piercing them from the very eyes of those who should have been set free. Come on, somebody. Oh, some folk can't come to church because they have to deal with uh, some of these same kind of folks that like to, to drag out their problems and their faults and their failures. They know they got them. Uh, oh, and Jesus knows they got them. But I, I'm telling you, I want to submit to you today uh, that it's not you that can set them free. So don't stand in the way of the one who can. Amen. 
You can't set anybody free. I can't set them free. I can preach a thousand messages under the anointing of God's Holy Ghost, but it'll never set them free. It'll take an encounter with God himself in their very soul at the foot of an altar of prayer. I can't preach them into heaven. I can't sing them into heaven. I can't, but there's a man. Amen, we call him Jesus, the Lord of our life. He is able to do what we can't do. My goodness, don't stand in the way. Let them get to Jesus. Don't let them get to the place where they see church in a perspective that is unhealthy. Some folk won't come to churches in communities because of the gossip that takes place outside from people in the very same church. My God help. You know what? I don't blame them. Why in the world would I want to go pitch my tent in a place where I'm liable to be the subject of the next news story? My God, give me a place where God's presence is moving and where people can feel the glory of God and where hearts and lives are saying unto them, hey, I can't help you, but I come to introduce you to one who can. His name is Jesus. I'm telling I feel this in my heart today. Amen. If we're going to, to be the church God wants us to be, then we must look inwardly in our lives and say, God, where am I at? Because if I'm standing in the way, I need to be delivered. I don't need to be moved. I need to be delivered. Come on now. I don't need to leave the church. I just need to be delivered. I, 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 Y'all hear where I'm going with this? You give an altar call in churches everywhere and people are afraid to come because many times they need to be here, but they're afraid of what the person sitting next to them is going to say. And so they don't come. They'll sit there. Worried about what somebody else is going to say. Come, we need an atmosphere where it don't matter what your person sitting next to you thinks. It only matters what God thinks because he's the only one that can set you free. He's the only one that can help you. He's the only one that can put your life in perspective. I submit to you today that it does not matter to me. I was on my way to church today and God spoke this. He said it should not matter to you what the preacher down the street thinks about you. It should only matter... Amen. Are you looking to what I'm desiring for your life? And are you fulfilling what I've called you to do? Quit worrying about what everybody thinks about you and let me do what I want to do in your life. Let me be God in you. Amen. I'm not going to let 
the gossip of the streets or the gossips of the church keep me from going to church and serving my God. I'm going to worship him anyway. I'm going to come to an altar of prayer. You can judge me all you want to, but there's something that I'm trying to get a hold of that is going to loose me and set me free. You can talk about me till the cows come home, but I'm telling you, if we leave this world lost without Jesus, then we haven't gained anything by going to church all our life. We haven't gained anything by being religious, and we sure hadn't gained anything by pointing out the faults of others. Somebody asked last week, Preacher, you must have been mad. I'm mad at the devil. But I love people. Ministry ain't easy. It's hard. But what gives me peace and joy in the midst of it all is to know I'm a child of God. This woman was bound in sin. She needed help. She was caught in the very act. I got another hour. When they found her, it was important to them because Jesus was there. I don't believe if Jesus would have been there, they'd have even probably said a whole lot. I don't know that. It's just amazing to me that the only one caught in adultery was her. How was she the only one there? I don't believe that was the biggest issue. What the issue was, was they wanted to get Christ to come against the very law of Moses to trick him into a place where they could discredit him. That's what they wanted to do. There's a world out there that would love to discredit your Lord. Don't let them do it. Don't let them discredit him. Don't let it let, let them try to get you to miss the pure view of who he is. And they brought him before him to try to, to, to create a place where they could discredit him and they said listen this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act I'm thinking where's the rest of them they only brought her I don't know if we'll leave that alone but let's make you think she was caught in adultery and the law says that she is to be stoned. Now what do you say? Jesus just 
stoops down. Hallelujah. How many is glad you serve a God that will not be manipulated by the thoughts of man? Amen. He won't be manipulated into moving into action towards your life because of other people. God will bless you when everybody else is trying to push you down. He's good that way. He, he's a God who cares for us. He's not looking to judge us in this particular generation we're living in. He, he's looking to express grace. And they say, listen, this is what Moses' law said. What do you say? And he stoops down. He begins to write in the ground. He starts ignoring them. We get so frustrated when we're under attack. But how many knows that it ain't moving God? God's being the very mature one about it all. He's just ignoring them. And they just keep on saying, come on now, what do you say? And they kept going and kept going and kept pushing and kept pushing till finally he rose up. Why did they keep pushing? It wasn't because they necessarily cared about whether this woman got stoned or not. I don't believe that was the case at all. But they would do whatever they could to expose her so that they would look righteous and religious and everything else. But I come to tell somebody, amen, I prayed this morning. I said, God, I said, whatever you do, don't, don't let me look bad. God, make me look good. Don't not make me look good into a place where I'm prideful, but don't let me make a fool out of myself up there this morning. I said, God, what? And all of a sudden, amen, the Lord checked me and he said, you know what? He said, it ought not matter what, what you look like as long as I'm glorified. I said, that's right, God. Then let me look whatever way you want me to look. If I look foolish, I'll, be, I'll look foolish if you'll be glorified. If I fall flat on my face, if it'll glorify you, Lord, let it glorify you. These folks were not about anything but destroying the character of her life so that their life would shine brighter when they ought to have been the ones who were looking through the lens of grace. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you because I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to tell this and I'm probably going to get crucified over it. If you're in ministry and you hurt somebody, don't expect them to have an easy time following you. Amen. It's hard. We, we, I, I, I got to go there. I've been in atmospheres and places all my life in ministry where you wondered why it was so tight. It's because hearts wasn't right. It's because this one had hurt that one and that one had said something and this one was doing this and that one was doing the other and this one was doing that. I read a sign the other day that said, in 1776, we gained our independence. 
United States was birthed and now it needs to be born again. And I believe a lot of churches need that same thing. Need to be born again. Born again. Free. Free. Preacher, you always own this. You did you always do. I'm just preaching what God gave me. Because I believe we're at an impasse. We either going to stay where we're at and be satisfied or we're going to press through this wall and we're moving on into greater things. I ain't staying here. And they wanted to do everything they could to make her look bad so they would look good. But most of all, so that Christ would be discredited. Sad. So what happened? Jesus said, He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Here this woman is, got to be embarrassed being caught in the middle of a sinful act anyway. Already struggling with these Pharisees and scribes who have placed her in the, in the presence of a man whom I don't even know if she really knew much, God's got me, about who the Lord was. The devil trying to trip me up, but I'm going to keep rolling. And she's got to be embarrassed. That was embarrassing too. But yet as she is sitting here, I'm, I'm probably thinking my eyes are closed because I don't know what's coming next. Are they going to start throwing stones? What's going to happen? Because in her mind, she knew what the law of Moses was. She had to know. So she knew she was caught. Well, it's over now. Surely this man who claims to be the son of God, now he, he's going to literally go ahead and say, yeah, you're right. You know, they, they're going to have to stone her. And so she's probably got her eyes closed. Bible don't say, and, 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 I, and I'm just my opinion, so my opinion could be wrong, but just go with me. And all of a sudden she's sitting here with her eyes closed. The law has produced the revelation of her sin, but the law couldn't save her from her sin. It manifests, but it couldn't save her from it. So eyes closed, wondering, it's quiet. Nothing's, nothing's, I don't hear anything. And, and, and they're sitting there waiting on a response, and then all of a sudden Jesus said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm just thinking in my mind, I'm just seeing a vision of this. She hears these words and she's just, do what? What's happening here? Did I hear that right? He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. I believe her eyes opened up. She began to look. 
And in amazement, sitting there, not understanding what's happening, and little by little, they begin to drop their stone because truth be told, there ain't a man, woman, boy, and girl that could ever stand in solidarity and deal with that statement in their own life. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Even the best shouter in church, even the best pastor at the pulpit, even those who teach Sunday school. Come on, somebody. The pianist, the music teacher, everybody has fallen short of the glory of God and we need him amen today as a agent of our freedom they thought she needed to be stoned Jesus said I need to turn that heart of stone into a heart of flesh and give her hope they begin to drop those stones and walk away. As they're walking away, they're dropping those stones, they're walking away. Jesus is knelt back down now and here he is. He said, and, and he looks back up at the woman and he says, woman, he said, where are your accusers? Hasn't anyone condemned you? Well, they were just about five minutes ago, Lord. But they're gone now because they can't stand before the truth. You can't legislate or judge freedom into a person's heart. You can only carry them to the one who is able to forgive them and change them in the very soul of who they are. I said earlier, I have met people who had a night and day experience with God and if you've been born again, there ought to be a night and day experience between where you're at as a, as a worldly person to becoming a child of God free. You won't be the same person that you used to be. You'll be changed. You'll be different. Amen. You just preach so simple. I get that all the time. Don't miss the simplicity of it all. What's important is our freedom in becoming new creatures in Christ. Yeah, five minutes ago, Lord, they were talking about me. But right now, they can't say nothing. Why, even the very enemy that wants to destroy you and Satan himself cannot stand before the truth of God's word. You hear what I'm saying? Who the Son sets free. Who the Son sets free. Anybody ever had the devil whisper in your ear and try to remind you who you used to be? If you're not careful, he'll talk to you enough you almost feel like you're that same person again. Come on, somebody. But you got to remind yourself who the Son sets free is free indeed. 
Oh, who the Son sets free. Jesus said, most assuredly I say unto you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. This woman was a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free. So she came as a slave, enslaved to sin. She needed to be set free. And the Lord said, woman, where are your accusers? I don't have any standing around. He said, neither do I condemn you. Thank God Almighty that the Lord looks upon your life in a place of grace and says, I didn't come to condemn you. I come to give you grace full and free and let your life be transformed by the glory of God. This ain't a judgment day. It's a restoration day. This ain't a day of condemnation. It's a day where those who find him can walk under that great testimony that there is now therefore no condemnation to those who live and walk after Christ Jesus. Amen to God. Touch somebody around you today and tell them I believe that there's a great awakening that there's a move of God that's coming so mightily that it's not going to point to the growth of the church. It's going to point to the God who's changing life. Changing lives. They got to know that they need Jesus. She had an experience with humanity in this moment. She had an experience with herself, and then she had an experience with Christ. She had to deal with the world's view. She had to look at her view, and then she had to see his view. I won't tell you Jesus' view until he comes back is for us to preach the gospel. For us to love our neighbors. For us to reach out to a lost and dying world. Because they may not have been caught in the act. But those who haven't been saved are bound. And they need to be free. They're walking the streets right now. Protesting for things that are not as important as being set free by Christ Jesus. Destroying the fabric of our nation because of ignorance. Come on, somebody. And if we don't rise up and be the church God's calling us to be, then there's going to be some sons and daughters and granddaughters and aunts and uncles that get caught up in the vacuum of what's happening. Lift up the name of Jesus. Shout it everywhere you go. Lift up the name of Jesus. We need freedom. And we need to let it ring. But it needs to ring first from the doors of every church that represents God. And then ring from the White House.
One nation under God. Indivisible. With liberty and justice for all. God help us. God help us. Stand with me, if you will. There is one of the most important views of freedom today. And that view is the freedom of the cross of Calvary. They sung about it earlier. Made it today that are struggling to embrace God. It's my prayer today that that we'll be the kind of folk that'll look past the faults and the failures brokenness realize we can point it out all we want to but it's not going to fix it just by pointing it out we need to be aware but we don't have to to point it out to a place to where we become judgmental or where we try to take advantage of someone's brokenness to make us look good. God, don't, don't let us be that kind of people. Let us be the kind of people that says, Lord, I'm standing here with a stone, but I can't hold it. I gotta let it go. I can't do this. God, if I was in that same position, I'd sure want your grace. If I was broken and I was going through, I'd sure want somebody to put their arm around me and say, hey, man, God loves you. Wouldn't you? I wouldn't want somebody just exposing my brokenness. I wouldn't want that. I'd want somebody to say, hey, God forgives, brother. We're going to forgive. We're going to let it go. You know, I have to forgive. I don't know about you, but I have to forgive a lot of things every day. If not, then I can't move into my next day because I just got to let it go. Forgive it. Keep going. Keep going. Sometimes that ain't easy, is it? Then you put yourself in the shoes of this very woman. Say, would you rather see a stone coming at you or would you rather see the hand of God's love and grace? Oh God, will you pour out upon us right now, everyone? Just begin to pray with me, Lord. Would you pour out upon our lives right now revelation 
of true freedom. Lord, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice in this house, in your house, or across social media, that God, they've been, they've been dealing with some sin on the inside that they cannot do anything about. They've tried so hard. But God, they need to be free. They need to be free. Lord, I pray right now that you would speak to them by your precious Holy Ghost and that they wouldn't let anybody or anything stop them from sincerely falling at your feet and saying, Lord, I need to be free. And they tell me that if the Son will set me free, I'll be free indeed. If that's you out there somewhere right now, I pray that God will complete a work within you because of your sincerity and because of your heart for His grace to be applied to your life. I don't want you to worry about yesterday, all those things that people may remind you of. I want you to embrace what Jesus said. I want you to embrace Jesus saying, if the Son will make you free, you won't be a slave anymore to sin. You'll be free indeed. I feel the Holy Spirit today. Somebody needs to hear that one more time. You'll no longer be a slave to sin. Jesus, God, we ask you right now that you would complete that work within their lives as they pour themselves out to you today. Lord, that you would pour upon our church and this congregation, that you would strengthen us by your word, that you would help us to be better and not bitter, that you would help us, God, to, to pull together in unity. And we'll see more and more, God, people that are, that are falling beside those that are broken with a hand of grace and mercy extended to them. Father, that forgiveness would be very active and used on all those things that have put stumbling blocks in our way. God, let us forgive today. There's no greater freedom to walk in than in God's love and in His freedom to know that we're children of God. This woman left that day, amen. We, this woman left that day free. He said, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. I don't condemn you. And you know what? believe that woman ever went back to the life she had I believe she was free how many are thankful today to be a child of God and not a slave of sin to be free how many knows that God would have all humanity 
to be saved. I don't care what you catch them in, God can save them. And that's what He desires to do. Every hour I need thee, yes I do, every hour. Bless me now, my Savior. Oh, I come to thee. Sing that chorus one more time. to this altar. This altar's open. Yes. Lord, I need thee. Oh. I need coming soon. Come on church, just lift your hands to heaven. Coming soon. Oh, that ought to just make you rejoice.
Jesus' name, I need thee, oh, bless, bless me now. Come on, church. Let's lift our hand in prayer and faith right now for those of our congregation that they need a touch in their body. We believe in God to just lay his hand upon them right now. Breathe upon them right now. God, that you would do a work, a blessed work. Cancer, we rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus. We denounce it in Jesus' name. God, we ask for your healing virtue to flow upon those that are struggling with it right now. Sister Sarah, God, be with Brother Joe right now. God, there's so many others are struggling with heart conditions, heart disease, but God, you're able. Step in that room right now. Step in that room right now. God, we pray. What can make me whole again? Well, nothing. The blood of Jesus. Children of God. a fresh anointing amen coming on your life a fresh anointing not only this life here but there's lines in this congregation those who are watching right now sister Tammy's life there's lives that longing they're longing for more of God. They're longing to be that vessel. And that vessel sometimes, so often, has to stand in the gap. And they're standing in prayer for those because they desperately believe that God can set them free. How many desperately today believe that God can set your children free, your family free, your moms and dads and aunts and uncles? If you believe that, give God the biggest praise you can give Him in adoration unto Him. We believe you can, God. We don't have to call out the B-15 B-50, bombers and all those kind of things. Amen. To go to war, we just call on Jesus. battle is won. The battle is won. The battle is won. Somebody needs to hear something. I believe God's speaking to you right now, telling you the battle is won. I don't mean that's something the preacher just said. The somebody, God, God gave you that. That's your word. 
battle's won. That thing you've been praying about, God just dropped it in your spirit. And it became real. It wasn't just what. How many knows it, that when the word of God becomes real to your soul and not just something that the preacher's saying, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. So often, so often, that I've seen and heard words that some people would say, well, the preacher just said that. That was generic. You know, anybody could say that. Heard that. Anybody could say that. Well, the preacher said, you're going to be healed. Of what? Whatever you have, you're going to be healed. That's generic. It may be. But if the Holy Spirit takes it to the very soul of who you are, it becomes real to you. And it's something that you can place your faith upon. And it moves and changes and transforms. I know we would move. I'm just, the Holy Spirit's moving here. I had somebody tell me one time, this is, this is funny. Y'all ready for this? This is a true story. My wife and I, anniversary. I don't remember how many years ago. We were going, and, and I had a bad chest pains for about two days. We were going to Savannah, Georgia, to the Savannah Coliseum there to see Jesse Duplantis. We walked in there. I was I didn't want to go because I was hurting. But she wanted to go. That's where she wanted to go see Jesse Duplantis. We'd never seen him in person, and he was going to be there. And so we went. Walked in the door. They said, well, come on, Pastor. We got a seat for y'all. They didn't know who I was, but God did. <laughs> so they sat us up in the front right there just before the stage. Had plenty of room. I was still hurting. Now, Jesse Duplantis stepped out on the stage, and I know a lot of people's critical about a lot of things, but I will tell you this. God was using that man that night. God used that man that night. He didn't come out when it was time for him to come out. He didn't come out and say, God bless you. Good to see you all. So good to, good to be in Savannah, Georgia. My wife will tell you, he come out nearly with almost tears in his face went straight to the first step stepped down pointed his finger straight out and he said I've got to obey God first words he spoke that night he said somebody in here your chest is hurting you so bad and to some other folk they could have said well that's generic there's a lot of people here there's 5,000 people here more anybody's chest could be hurting but I knew it was for me Angie looked at me when he said that she knew God was in it because it was all I could do to be there it was all I could do to worship I thought I was having a heart attack but I wanted her to be there he said God said if you'll come right now So as I began to make my way, I found out how generic it was. Because people started coming from all over the Coliseum on Jesse Duplantis to the head. But I said, Lord, let them come. Because some of them may need your touch. 
And I tell you, if God told you the battle's over, I want you to just rejoice in it right now. I want you to just give God thanks for that right now. If he took it beyond your ears and put it in your heart right now, I want you to rejoice in that. Because if God puts it there, it's going to manifest. Do you love him today? Are you grateful for his love? As our ushers come to dismiss us, we thank you for all that you're doing. Continuing right now to press on as we are. Uh, we don't seem to have a lot of things to be really looking at to make any changes right now, uh, particularly at the church, but we are uh, monitoring all that's taking place. So uh, if we have to make changes to counsel and I, we'll, we'll look into those things and we'll do what we need to do. I want you to rest assured that cleaning is taking place beyond uh, normal extremes what brother Isaac does he does a great job and you know we've been going above and beyond that to help him out so he wouldn't be all stressed with it some have been helping helping us and we're grateful for that but I want you to rest assured we're doing everything we can uh, to provide that if you want to wear your mask that's fine we understand if you don't want to wear them that's fine just uh, just be respectful of those around you and uh, some people don't want to shake your hand that's fine uh, some people want to elbow bump you some people might want to kick you. I don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just picking. Figured somebody might smile on that one. But we love you. We appreciate you. As the ushers come to dismiss you, we uh, invite you to come back and be with us Wednesday night. I want to finish up that series that we've been doing on faith, love, hope, and you. It's been a great time in God's house. God bless you.